This is Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. You can catch the show live weekdays from 3 o'clock until 4, locally in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 WTBN and online at letstalkfaith.com and iheartradio.com. And swing by our website for all things I Work For Him at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And now, today's podcast broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks so much for tuning in to I Work For Him today. Whether you're listening to us live on the radio or on the internet, iHeartRadio, maybe letstalkfaith.com, maybe Red Nation Rising, maybe you're listening to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, just know, before the show, we prayed for you specifically that something we say here on the air today will impact your life, that will cause you to understand even more the ministry that you've been given in your workplace, but also that maybe something we say today will cause you to dig deeper in your faith and connecting what you learn on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five. You know, divorce has ugly consequences. There's bitterness, there's frustration, and it doesn't stop when the papers are signed. It's only begun to gain momentum when that happens. And when kids are involved, parenting can become a nightmare. Parents take sides, playing with the kids' emotions. We've all seen it. We've all lived it. But you say, but Jim, why talk about the battle of parenting between two homes on a faith and work radio program? Here's the deal. We're talking today about the battle of parenting between two homes on I Work For Him, on a Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg, because we're surrounded by people all day long that are struggling with this issue. We work alongside people. We go to church with people. We live in neighborhoods with people. People are struggling with this. So maybe you can help get them some encouragement today as a result of listening to today's show. And is there a silver lining? Well, of course there's a silver lining because God's involved. Well, as we talk today, our guest, Martha and I welcome Laura Petherbridge. Laura Petherbridge has been a, a guest on the show many times, and you can find out more about her online at laurapetherbridge.com. She's written books like The Smart Stepmom, 101 Things for the Smart Stepmom. She's written a book called Quiet Moments for the Stepmom Soul. She's got a, a, a DVD or CD today. We're going to give away a devotional piece. That's uh, her DVD or her CD. Sorry. How you doing there, honey? I'm just using these lips, however they come. It's this little round Thriving disc. Thriving in a step family. It is a compact disc. It is not a DVD. Laura Petherbridge, welcome back to I Work For Him. It's great to be back. I'm glad you guys could just laugh at me as I'm just trying to open the show. You're looking at your phone. You could have helped me along. I'm working. I'm sending pictures. I'm doing what I do, you know, while you're doing the intro. Okay. <laughs> All right, Laura, here, here's what I want to know. And, and we always try to get our guests to just share, hey, what, what's the Lord been doing in your life? All right, so can you share a time from the last couple of weeks where you saw God get involved in your life in one of those intimate and finite details? Absolutely. We just sold our house. And so God showed up big time because it was looking like, when is this house going to sell? And so he allowed a uh, a bidding war to occur. So we got a really, really good uh, end to what was a complicated, very complicated situation. And how situation. fantastic is that when you see God get his hand involved in the details of your life and uh, and just to be able to see 
Yep. Okay. Because it looked a little ugly at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, well, like in the middle, it felt ugly. Like, God, where are you? <laughs> are you there? Are you listening? Do I have the right connection? Is this where this cord goes? But he wanted you to just hang on and watch what he was going to do. Yes. And, and now, of course, it's always, you know, 2020 when you're looking back. I think there were some medical things we needed to finish up here mm-hmm. in the Tampa area before we moved to Georgia. And so. I, in my head, I always know he knows what he's doing, but it's just really hard to get that into my heart and my common sense. There are days where you're like, but Lord, I'm scared because this doesn't make sense. What are you doing? Yes. Can I just get a little picture of something, please? Yes. It's it's the whole trust me. And I have to say, I'm way better at it now than when I first started 37 years ago with my <laughs> first walk with God. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm way better at it than I used to be. But... I'm not perfect at it. <laughs> what? Laura yeah. Petherbridge, yeah. you're not perfect at it yet. I am not. All right. So God has allowed you to become a step-parent expert. You, you have, <laughs> you've got a platform across the country as that smart stepmom. Not that you know it all, but you have lived and breathed with thousands of families. The challenges that come with being a Step parent, a stepmom. You don't know what it's like to be a stepdad, but you do know what it's like to be a stepmom. How did this happen in your life? How did you get to be in that platform? Well, first of all, I grew up in a step family. My dad remarried twice after the divorce from my mom. So I had two stepmoms mm. and one stepdad. And so I knew what it was from the aspect of a child and then an adult child of divorce. But then after my own divorce, when I was 29, I did get remarried and I married a man with two children. And they were 11 and 13 when we got married. We have been married 31 years, and I am proud to say I have not killed anyone. That Woo-hoo. is my claim to fame. And, uh, I'm so, not sure that that really goes up. to celebrate that. <laughs> There's been no murders in this household. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, a step family will understand the joke behind that because yes. it's just very, very stressful, and it's so much more stressful than you think it's going to be, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're a Christian. You just assume it's going to... Everybody's going to blend and bond and jump into the right spot, and we're all going to love each other, and it's going to be the Brady Bunch. But uh, that was a television show. <laughs> that was a well-scripted television yes. show, right? With with a, a housekeeper, I might yeah, add. Yeah, there you go. That's enough said. <laughs> well, and when you look at that, that show was written 40 years ago before anybody really understood the dynamics of divorce in a culture. And did you know that they wanted Florence Henderson to be divorced? Originally, if you look back at the history of that show, originally they were going to have her as a divorcee, uh, but they thought it would be so controversial that they changed that and and never mentioned, they just say, you know, that you never see the other parent. So you assume both of them, their spouse died, their first spouse died. Mm -hmm. But that's a little bit of trivia for you that that I'll just throw in there. So that's a really good point, though, right there. Even in our young age, when yes. we were watching that, we weren't seeing the dynamics of the very thing we're going to talk about today, right. which is this two family or two home, yes, you know, livelihood that these that kids function in when they have live between homes, and they didn't have that because there was no element right. of another spouse. Well, and I I want to go back to you know it's one thing. Sure, you grew up in a step family. You had stepmoms and stepdads, and 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 you. End up being one yourself, but how did you get to be an expert? I mean, who? How did God create this platform for you? Because he has you are one. you have an amazing platform. He has a wicked sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is the last ministry I would have chosen if he'd have given me a, like a little one of those little career planning things, you know. Uh, I started out in divorce recovery, which of course everybody wants to be in that ministry because the church just loves it and everybody wants to be divorced. So <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, but uh, you know I, that's really how I got started mm-hmm. is was leading divorce recovery support groups after my own divorce. Um, you know, sarcasm is just another form of anger. Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not really angry about I don't think. Maybe maybe I need one of those therapists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, my own divorce was so devastating. I almost took my life during my divorce mm. because the shame and the guilt was so overwhelming, even though I wasn't the one who wanted to be divorced. My first husband decided he didn't want to be married anymore. And But it was so horrible that I, uh, you know, just wanted to, to do something productive with that horrible experience. So I started in divorce recovery. And then that gradually morphed into single parenting mm-hmm. and then into step families because remarriage, you know, 80% of people who divorce will remarry. And so it's, it was sort of a natural progression. And then when Ron Deal from Family Life Blended asked me to co-author The Smart Stepmom, I actually hesitated with that offer because I just didn't, it's so complicated. Do I want to do more complicated ministry? And, but I finally relented. and messy. Yes. Very messy. Yes. And it's not, the church often doesn't want to go there because it's so complicated. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, divorce recovery was hard enough. Are you serious? Now we're going to go into step family? But anyway, I'm glad I did. Because it allows my scars to serve a higher calling. Mm-hmm. I, I can share the things I've done right, the things I've way done wrong, and learn from me if you have ears to hear. And, and that's really it. You're just living transparently vulnerable with vulnerability, and you're touching the lives of people. And, and I love something you shared over lunch today. You know, people are hurting. Yes. People are definitely hurting. And you get an opportunity to touch people in a place where their wounds are the deepest. Mm-hmm. Yet you've been given a lot of opportunities to lead people to Christ because of that deep woundedness. And that's a great privilege. That's a great privilege. It sure is. Laura Petherbridge, the smart stepmom. You can check her out online at lauraPetherbridge.com. We'll have links, of course, to her website on our Facebook page. That's right. So, you know, one of the things I was so excited about when Laura and I were talking on the phone about what could we talk about on the radio that would really... Um, be something that you all, the listeners, could relate to and learn from. And we started talking about this whole um, conversation about parenting between two homes and that challenge that so many people run into, whether it's um, strong Christian homes, whether one of the parents is trying to raise kids in a Christian environment, whether, um, you know, just all the diversity that comes with that, and wanting to have this conversation about what does that look like and how can it be done in a way that gives God the glory yeah. and helps the kids to um, be able to make those transitions. And so I'm excited today that that's what we're going to talk about. It is truly something, Laura. One of the things I thought would be great for us to talk about this today is that we are surrounded by people all day long in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our churches that are struggling with this issue. I mean, divorce has permeated our society. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you grew up in a divorced family, that was a rarity. Yes, it was. I mean, mm-hmm. I lived in a neighborhood where nobody had ever gotten divorced mm-hmm. growing up mm-hmm. 40 years ago. But today it's permeated our society. So l- let's just 
I want to make sure that we do the glass half full thing because I want to respect Martha because I, I sometimes contend towards glass half empty because I we've seen the ugliness of this parenting between two homes thing. But how how can we? Well, let's talk about your ministry. How do you communicate with step parents? Because it's a they got they're busy. They're busy people. Oh yeah. How? What are some of the things you do? I mean, people can connect with you. I, I want to make sure people know how to connect with you. So we're really plugging that. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, Facebook. You know, social media. You know, I've, I'm always putting things on social media, articles and things like that. I have all kinds of free stuff on my website. But to be honest with you, to really get some change as a step parent or learn how to co-parent well. You've got to either read some resources or come to an event where you can be equipped with those tools. Because this is not something you learned, even if you watched your parents' parent. The, who, who teaches you how to do this? I mean, nobody grows up thinking, oh, I can't wait to become a stepmother. I can't wait to become a stepfather. And the rules are so different in step families than it is in just husband and wife, first time marriage parenting. It's radically different. This is why when you take a step couple and you put them in a marriage class or a parenting class, a traditional mm-hmm. church parenting class, it can often make the circumstance worse because everything that you do in a normal one-on-one, you know, first-time marriage home is different than in a second home. So it, it really, it's one of those things you've got to become equipped with the differences. Okay. So, so how do you help them? You do conferences, you do events. Why don't you talk about some of those things? Yes. Well, I do stepmom retreats. That okay. is one way because stepmoms are normally the one looking for help. She's the one walking around going, I love these kids. I want to be a good role model, mom figure. But this is like I'm running into things I never imagined. Mm -hmm. I've got my own kids. I thought being a single parent was hard. This is 10 times harder than being a single parent Mm -hmm. because it's not her own children. So that's the first thing I do is if I can gather them at an event or at a retreat or at a one-on-one, I do life coaching. That gives them then some of the tools and teaches them, I'm not crazy. This is normal. Now I need to learn how to step parent, which is very different than biological parent. So one of the things I love about the way you have conversations with people is, number one, you try to get rid of some of the lies that they're believing, that they should be the same as a first-time marriage husband and wife have a biological child and raise them together. They, We think that, well, certainly I can make that happen. And I love how you get rid of those lies from people and say, no, it is different. Yes. You have different dynamics. And so you need to learn to live in those dynamics and do it in a way that glorifies God. I am a realist. And I am shocked at the number of step families that get mad at me mm-hmm. for telling them the truth about the change, the difference, because they have so convinced themselves that this second marriage is going to be exactly the same as a first marriage, that sometimes when I try to tell them, no, you got to do this differently, they they just put their fingers in their ears. They think I'm being negative, where what I'm trying to do is teach them This is why you're running into these complexities that you don't know how to handle and that what you're doing isn't working Mm -hmm. because you're using a manual, a formula 
that was for a first-time marriage. It's not working in a second-time marriage. And you've got to learn a different formula for the second marriage. And so, But they get mad at me for saying that because they've so convinced themselves. I think it's the shame of being mm-hmm. divorced and remarried, okay. or it's the busting the myth that it's going to be as good or as the same, you know, just the same as a first marriage. They just don't want to believe it. And so, you know, I come in with this whole idea that it's got to be different and they don't they don't like it. So are those people that are at, like if they were with you at a retreat and they're hearing this and they're not liking it, how does it change for them? How do they, do they, they just need to experience it more and then see maybe that you're, you're, you were speaking sense into them or where do you see that light bulb come on for them that, okay, maybe we do need to address this differently? Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess depending on the way you look at it, the pain that they're in is the thing that convinces them more than anything I could say. Sure. You know, when I finally say to them, is what you're doing working? And they have to go, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> are you open to hear a different way to do this? Because I can't help you until you accept the things that are different. Well, and I want to make sure our listeners are hearing this. If this is speaking to you, just, uh, again, you're going to hear this, you're driving, you're listening to the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, you can listen over and over again. LauraPetherbridge.com. She's got some phenomenal resources for you. But, Laura, I mean, there are people listening that are going, oh, my goodness, Laura, you're like reading my mind. Mm-hmm. Because there is so much pain out there. Yes. I mean, it. this parenting between two homes, I mean, you're speaking to those Second marriages is third marriages where there's kids involved mm-hmm. from both marriages or from one marriage or the other. It's complicated. It's messy. And it's not only they're dealing with the new spouse. They also get the joy of dealing with the ex-spouse. What, what a privilege that is. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That was sarcasm. Just another form of anger. <laughs> they're dealing with kids who are devastated by divorce, and I think maybe our society is finally coming to grips with the fact that kids get screwed up potentially for a lifetime by divorce. Well, they're definitely As, affected by it. But, yeah. but there's been, there's so many naysayers out there, and, and if you're one of them, smack yourself upside the head where you say, my kids are resilient, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You're a big, fat liar. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just tell you that. I say that lovingly as a Christ follower, but kids are devastated by divorce. Yes. And we don't deal with it. We just assume the kids can... They'll figure it out. Yeah. And then we put the kids in the middle of parents fighting for custody mm-hmm. and parents fighting for the love of their child because they now they don't want the child to love the new mom or the new dad. Right. The stepmom or the stepdad. I mean, you know, it, it's there's a lot of frustration there. Yeah. It's really a lot of motivation to stay married. And it's hard. It's very hard as a single parent to look at your child and not want to go okay, they're going to be all right, they're going to be all right. Yes, with God's help and God's guidance, your child doesn't have to turn out to be a serial killer. That's not what we're saying. With God's help. Yes. Yes. So obviously the first thing that's wise to do is while you're a single parent, learn to become a good, stable, godly single parent Mm. before you even get remarried. Let's start at the beginning. So the better single parent you become, stop looking at a remarriage as the thing that's going to fix your kid Mm -hmm. and make them good and better. And, you know, that kid needs you. 
and that's what that's what they want. They want you. So let's let's focus on that point first. But then you fall in love, you meet somebody new, they may or may not have children. The second thing you've got to recognize is I need to learn how to do this well so that my child does not feel lost or confused or don't assume that the child is just going to fall in line with all of this in the new relationship. Because for the child, this is very confusing. Now, they may be saying while you're single parent, it's very common for the kids to be going, Mommy, when are you going to get remarried? Daddy, when are you going to meet somebody and get remarried? That's very common. But you see, and even while you're dating that person, you're going to the zoo together, you know, you're doing all the fun things you do as a couple. As soon as those wedding bells ring, the child knows I've been moved from the front seat to the back seat. Hmm. They know. I don't care how little they are. My nephew Ian was five years old when my brother and his mom got married. And the day of the wedding, I can remember him with his face buried in her wedding gowns crying, stay plain, mommy, stay plain. <laughs> that was his way of saying, don't get, don't get married. Now, he loved my brother. He loved his stepdad. It wasn't that he didn't like him. But he knew in his gut something big has just shifted wow. here. Well, and, and it was a good shift because our, our our relationships, our kids should never think that the world surrounds them. Right. So, right. I mean, that is that's super important. Uh, but it is, I, I mean, what you just have said just reinforces the point. I want to make sure I bring it up again. Our kids need help through this. Yes. Our kids often need counseling through this. Yes. And often, sometimes the spouses will get counseling, but we don't often give the kids counseling. Right. All right. Well, we're running towards the end of this segment, but I really wanted to get into the conversation on this, you know, these kids getting moved back and forth between houses. And a lot of times what you find, what we have seen, what Martha and I have seen in doing the marriage mentoring, we have seen that one household trying to really be a Jesus-centered household. A lot of times the former spouse not really wanting to be a Jesus-centered household. So they're getting disciplined and managed one way in a household that maybe would biblical worldview, the other household, not so much. That starts to really create some funky doodle stuff. It sure does. And so the first thing, and as a matter of fact, when I'm doing a stepmom retreat or even a step couple event, I make them repeat this after me several times throughout the weekend. I cannot, okay, listeners, where no matter where you are, if you're in your car, in your house, wherever you are, I want you to repeat this back to me. I cannot control what goes on in the other home. I cannot control what goes on in the other home. So Laura just mentioned real quickly that that audio is what she does a a lot of times when she talks in churches. And I just really briefly want you to challenge our listeners to talk to the people in their churches because churches have a really hard time embracing a step family ministry. And I just want you to speak to that so people understand how they could talk to their church and help, help, help them to understand how important it is. Yes. Well, a lot of church leaders would be willing to, to do some step family instruction if they knew there was, A, a lot of step families in their church or a lot of people that are interested, and B, if they knew there's a good resource, a good biblical solid resource of how to you know in, use this as a tool, to, and it's a great outreach to the community because people who are in step families often do not come to 
to the church. Mm-hmm. And so if your community knows you're doing it, it's it's not at all uncommon for people to say, hey, let's go to this step family thing because so we can learn how to be better blended family. Right. I think it's a phenomenal idea for churches to be able to do this because it is something that, I mean, the church is not immune. There are step families in every church. Absolutely. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. And so why not? Bring it to your church right now, lauraPetherbridge.com. And what a great outreach into the community to just build up huge, families humongous. all around huge. you and giving them huge. 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 <laughs> you scare me sometimes. You know that? <laughs> that wasn't really, that's my, that was my best Donald Trump. Huge. Oh, oh, oh. It's huge. Mm. Okay. All right. We're done now? Yeah. Okay. We're, okay. Moving on. <laughs> Call right now, 877-943-9673. And if you're listening online, you can always email us, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iwork, the number four, him.com, and request the book from today. All right, so, Laura, these when couples get divorced, and there's kids involved, there's almost always a child custody agreement. And in the agreement, which the judge approves, it approves kids living in two different places. Mm-hmm. How healthy is that? Well, sometimes it depends on what state you're in, what judge you got. And let's not forget that a lot of people cohabitate together and don't actually get married. So there can be breakups between a man and a woman that had a child, but they were never legally married. So then you don't really have a whole lot of paperwork. So, But the actual document, sometimes that's good because it does give guidelines, especially if you have one parent who is very high conflict. You can have one parent that is, you know, they're just trying to make life as complicated as possible for their former spouse. So then you do need the law to step in. But if you can go to mediation and sort of work all of that out before you actually get to the divorce document, you're way, way better off. It's better for the kids. It's better for the adults. So, you know, it's it's sort of a catch-22. You need it, but sometimes it can get sticky. So let's talk about that divorce where... Well, go ahead, Martha. Well, I was just going to say Martha so. Martha raised her hand. We're yeah. on radio. <laughs> I know that was for You're so you. so cute. See, not everybody else was supposed to know that She's I so raised cute. my hand. Yeah, my wife is so adorable. <laughs> she is adorable. The little cue that I was giving you, now everybody knows. But So that's the conversation we want to have, though, is the fact that you were saying how this going between homes is becoming more and more complicated. Yes. And so the discussion is really how... How can parents be working through this as step parents and and try to not make it so complicated? The first thing you have to do is you and your spouse really need to sit down and make a list of what I call what's a hill to die on list. Which I have to note, there's a blog on her website about that that yes. people should read because it's got great yes. information. Thank you. I forgot You're that was welcome. there. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's sort of an old army phrase or a battle phrase. What's a hill to die on? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's what are the things? Because, you see, if you make everything a hill to die on, if you make food a hill to die on, if you make haircuts a hill to die on, if you make homework a hill to die on, if you make every single thing a hill to die on, pretty soon you're going to have nothing but chaos. So the 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 couple has to sit down or the single parent on her on his or her own and go, okay, what are the non negotiables Mm -hmm. that I have control over? See, I don't have control over anything in the other home unless it's illegal. 
So what television show my kid watches, what they eat over there, you know, I can't control any of that stuff. So what I'm going to do in my own home is I'm going to say, okay, even if when Johnny comes back from visiting mom or dad and he says, I watched a movie that had all this violence in it or all this stuff in it that you don't let me watch. See, Johnny's trying to get a rise out of the other parents Mm -hmm. so he can start a, a battle going here. It really depends on how you respond to that. If you're going to make that a hill to die on, if you're going to make that a big battle between you and your former spouse, then you, you just have to accept, I can't control. Now, I can control the conversation when Johnny comes home. I know your dad and I don't agree on what you should be able, what movies you should be able to watch. Would you like to talk about seeing such and such movie? Did it scare you? Did, do, you know, and know that the kid may not talk about it right then. Mm-hmm. But you see, you've got to discern. And in a step family with the couple, you've got to discern because often the step parent wants to make everything a hill to die on and the parent wants to make nothing a hill to die on. It's peace at all costs. Right, because they're tired of arguing. Exactly. Well, or they're afraid that the child will stop coming to visit them. Right. They are afraid that their ex will make it so tumultuous that either the child will say, I don't want to come to your house anymore or that the other parent will make it nearly impossible to see the child, so they don't want to make waves about anything. So it's really important, what you're saying is it's really important, number one, that in in a divorce situation, that they don't throw their other spouse, the former spouse, under the bus. Absolutely. That's first and foremost. Okay. But there's a lot of pain and suffering there, and if there's a lot of disagreement, how how do you help people accomplish that? Well, they have to do it with other adults, not with the child. So, again, let's use that scenario. We don't right. do not bash your your ex spouse to your child. You could do it to your neighbor, but not your no, child. No, no, I meant your wife or your husband okay. <laughs> or your support group. Well, yeah, someone that you can confide in, right? Because you got to have somewhere to take it because it is going to drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you don't want to turn to the child and say your father is such an idiot to let you watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Because that does nothing good, you know, or this is famous for Christians. Well, it's because your father's not godly. He's not biblical. He doesn't love God. And so he watches those horrible satanic movies. See, that's not good either, because now you're making the other parent the poor little victim and you're the the Pharisee, you know, you're the godly one. So mom is good, dad is bad. And what the child's going to want to do is defend the parent that you're saying is bad. Right. And this is what I love about the conversations we have with you, because you made me think about something that probably in the midst of it, a step parent is never going to think of. That child may not have even wanted to sit through that movie. That's right. They may be horrified that they were allowed to be in that room. They may have had a bad dream at the other parent's house and too afraid to tell anybody, you know, so they might feel bad. But the minute you start making it about that, they can't share. They can't tell you how they're feeling. So stepping back and, you know, because it's not the child's fault. I was thinking about, yes. you know, if you were able to go to your step parent's house or your parents or whichever one you're visiting and they let you eat junk food all the time. Yep. You might feel miserable. 
but you know, you're not going to tell your mom, I wish I had to eat healthy food all day long. You know, a nine-year-old's not going to do that. Exactly. But really... 50-year-olds are going to do that. This is true. <laughs> this is true. You can and see, really here's one more factor that is different than in a first-time marriage. You're absolutely right. That child may not even have wanted to see, or kind of like did want to, but then it was more scary than they thought it was going to be. Right. And so if they reveal that... They're afraid they're being disloyal mm-hmm. then to the parent that right. showed them the movie or gave them the food or whatever. And so I often try to tell step parents, do you understand that you can be afraid to go to either parent, either because they're afraid of how the parent will react or it's sad to say, but I deal with this a lot with kids who are being molested in one home or another. Mm-hmm. And so they're afraid, say, for example, in mom's house, the boyfriend is doing something wrong. Well, that daughter doesn't want to come home and tell her father. She's afraid he's going to go kill the new boyfriend. Right. But she will tell her stepmother if she trusts her or feels that's a safe place to fall. Wow. And so, I mean, I'm bringing up a big thing, and I wish this wasn't a thing that was common today. But it is. But it is. And so there's so much at stake here. We're not talking about a candy bar. We're talking about this child being able to come and tell you something horrible that's going on in the other home. And if they feel they can't tell their parent, if the step-parent has become a loving, kind, embracing place where that child feels like, well, maybe I could tell my stepmother. They usually go, now, don't tell dad. Of course, we know if it's something serious like that, mm-hmm. then then that's... Mm-hmm. but. Oh, my gosh, there's so much at stake here. Don't make everything a hill to die on. Learn what is a wise hill and an unwise hill because it's going to get worse as they get older. The hills are going to get bigger. Mm. Those are such great words of wisdom. That is huge. What would you just end the show right now because it's good? But we still got you time wanna... left. So I have another, I have <laughs> we another get question. more of that. I have another question. Okay, so we've talked about the parents interacting over their, their shared children between households. But yet often there's now step fam- stepmoms and stepdads involved. How safe is it for a step-parent to get involved in disciplining or involved in the punishing of the child that's not theirs? Yes. Well, I'm going to lose a lot of friends right now because people really don't like this advice. But even if you ask Dr. Phil, he will give the same advice. So we've got a secular resource, and I do agree with Dr. Phil on this issue. And actually, almost any step family expert will say this. The biological parent needs to be the parent enforcing the discipline. And there are numerous reasons for that. Now, after they're married several years, that can gradually change and the child can gradually grow to have more of an authority relationship with the step-parent. The mistake we make is when we bring in, in particular, a single-parent mom gets married, the dad comes in, she wants to be so proving that dad's the head of the household, in particular Mm -hmm. in the church, hearing this, that she then hands over the reins of discipline to new stepdad. Well, this child does not have a relationship with the stepdad. I mean, they may have known him for a year, but you're not my father. The person that needs to be disciplining is the one that the child has a relationship with. Because you see, Kevin Lehman said years ago, rules without relationship 
cause rebellion. Yes. Rules without relationship cause rebellion. Step parents want to think, oh, the kid views me exactly the same way as their biological parent. But in the child's mind, they don't have the bond yet. They don't have the loyalty. They don't have that supernatural connection that you have with a parent, even if it hasn't been a good parent. That is still my parent. Laura, you've got a retreat coming up pretty quick. Or, or a, a, well, yeah, it's a yes. stepmom retreat. Mm-hmm. It's this coming weekend in Titusville, Florida. So the 25th through the 27th, I think that's Friday through Sunday, 25th through the 27th. And again, 24th it's in, through tw- the 26th. Okay, thank you. Yes. Um, the 24th through the 26th in Titusville over by the Rockets and the, all the Space Center over there. And uh, it's a great little retreat center. And I do have about three spots left. So if there's anybody at the last minute that would like to do that, feel free to go to my website, thesmartstepmom.com. And you can find the link right there on how to find tickets. Okay. So what would somebody experience if they go to the Smart Stepmom Retreat? Well, first of all, we do like a welcome and lots of food. And so we do fun stuff like that this year because it's going to be near the beach. We're going to go to the beach on Saturday night. But really during the day, what we try to do is address the key issues that stepmoms face. For example, a lot of people don't realize until you become a stepmom that you often feel like an outsider in your own home. So many stepmoms say to me, this isn't really my own house. Mm -hmm. My husband and his kids feel like this is their place, but I feel like I'm on the outside looking through the window. And and so I feel so lonely. I never expected to feel lonely in, in a step family because there's so many people. Another thing we talk about is how to deal with an ex-spouse and, and how to do that to the best of your ability. You can't control that spouse. You can't control that person's actions or their poor choices. But you can learn how to respond so that you're not throwing gasoline on the fire. Uh, We talk about things like, what is my husband thinking in all this? We try to help the women see this through the husband's eyes of Mm -hmm. his children. Because you see, step-parents see their children through the lens of responsibility, where a parent sees their children through the lens of love and grace. So as a step-parent, you're looking at them through a different lens. How can I get this child to behave properly? Where the parent, especially if they're feeling guilt over their divorce, they're doing it out of love, sometimes out of codependency and enabling. Wow. It just, it, when when Laura speaks, you just got to listen. Martha's writing notes feverishly. We're at, I mean, this is, you. if you've gone through divorce, you've gotten remarried, you already know something's different in your household. And, you, and things, the, what used to work, don't work anymore. This is why you just need to surround yourself. People understand your situation. TheSmartStepmom.com or LauraPetherbridge.com. Get involved with a group of people that can help you through this as a smart stepmom. You got to do it. All right. Now, in our final minutes, we work alongside, Laura, we work alongside a lot of people that have already gone through divorce. They've remarried. They're stepparents. Um, they've experienced some of the most ugly moments of their life going through a divorce. I mean, it, it doesn't get any uglier, and then it just keeps on giving for a lifetime. How can we minister to these people? What, what, what are some of the things we should say? What are the things we should do to people that are really struggling with the after effects of divorce and then getting remarried? Yes. Because the divorce was rough. Then they get remarried and they're like, ooh, this is also rough. Well, and, and before I answer that, I want to say don't discount the people that have been widowed or widowers because mm. three of my coaching clients right now, both of their former spouses died. 
you know, the, in all three sure. couples, there was no divorce at all. And they're having horrible experiences in their step family. <laughs> so we just want to be sure we don't ostracize those mm. that, that they're well spot- they assume that because there's no divorce, that it's going to be smooth sailing. And so we want to make sure to include them because a lot of the issues are the same. You don't have the visitation between homes, but you do have other things. But yeah, if you're working with somebody, you know, you may be working with a step parent that comes in and like, I want to kill this step kid. They're driving me nuts. They talk back to me. You know, they treat me terribly. I give and give and give and they don't give, you know, they treat me like I'm dirt. And so number one, Tell them that there's radio, TV, you know, all kinds of stuff that they can listen to, resources that they can get, and bring one of those resources into work with you or take mm. them a link. Laura Petherbridge, thanks for being on I Work for him today. It always goes way too fast. We could have talked for an entire day. <laughs> yes, but thank you so yes. much for being a many time guest on I Work for him. I appreciate your heart for step families. No, it's it's a lot of fun. And, and Martha and I do love and appreciate marriage, and we really want to help people. Be married as long and as successfully as they can. That's right. All right, so check out Laura Petherbridge online, laurapetherbridge.com. If you want to get involved in that Smart Stepmom Retreat coming up this weekend in Titusville, March 24th through the 26th, go to thesmartstepmom.com, thesmartstepmom.com. Thanks for listening today. I hope you really were challenged, whether it was for you personally or for somebody that you work alongside. You've been listening to I Work for Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for him. him.